Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Samuel. Samuel, how you doing? What's up, buddy? I'm good. Sam here is the writer for uh, a really cool comic book called Forbidden. Now, can you kind of break down, we're talking about Forbidden 2 specifically today. Can you break down the story, kind of get everybody introduced to your world? Yeah, so Forbidden is a series about a race of a group of people that lived centuries ago. And they roam the surface of the earth and they're broken down into three components, you know, hunters, um, warriors, and farmers. So the hunters went out looking for food and they entered a forbidden forest they shouldn't have gone into. And they immediately uh, were attacked by creepers, which are dark demons um, that, that are ruled by Nakron, evil ruler. And one escaped and made it back to the village. And at nightfall, this entity shows up and says, give us that uh, soul, the, the hunter that um, desecrated our land and no harm will come to you. Choose not to and suffer the wrath of Nakron. They chose not to. By morning, they woke up to screams. Everyone was burning from the sun. And so they ran on the ground, never to be seen again. Centuries later, now it's modern day world, modern, modern day technology. The world has evolved and so has Nakron in the form of a billionaire named David Hunter, whose total goal is to dominate the globe. So issue zero is where, where I launched in the beginning of this year on Indiegogo, starts with the son, Stardicus, challenging his father, saying, how do we know this curse still exists? Our people have remained underground for centuries. We don't even know what's going on on the surface. And the father imprisons his son so to eliminate those thoughts in his head. So the son escapes committing the ultimate sin against the family, committing murder to, with the aid of his love interest, Arius, and they escape to the surface. And how, this is why he gets the name Sin, because he committed a sin against the family. And so issue one, which we launched mid-year, um, started off with um, now the sister's caught between father and her brother. She mm -hmm. knows what her brother has done. Right now, he risks destruction of the entire people and, and their civilization. And so she needs to try to save him, bring him back safely, and at the same time, um, protect her people. So she goes, um, she's getting ready to go off and seek aid and, and travel, uh, risking her life in the caverns, which are treacherous, and there's a lot of demons and, and, and creatures that live within there. Sin gets to the surface and in issue one, and he realizes um, where's Arius. They escape together, but he wakes up alone. And he's befriended by this old man. He doesn't know who he is. And um, he's having this adverse effect from the sun because he's been on the ground for so long. But he escapes and runs off and he heads into the big city. And now he's delirious. He's like, what's going on? Nothing looks normal. He looks like the outsider. Um, and he's immediately come under attack because prophecy states that um, Nakron will be destroyed at the hand of, of, of the son of Vox if he rises from the cavern. So they can't allow that to happen. So they, they sent off their forces to go and get him. He's rescued by Viejo, brought back to the cabin. And then issue two, which is currently right now on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, starts off with Desira racing through the caverns, risking her life and a uh, select few of uh, loyal uh, soldiers. Viejo is going to basically share his true identity to Sin mm -hmm. um, because he does, who's this old man who's befriended me, who's, who's trying to prepare me for this coming conflict. David Hunter reveals his true identity. And so everything starts coming to pass in this issue. Okay. Yeah. There's, I, it, it's almost like a Game of Thrones level, like, you know, who do you trust? Who, which family are you going with here? Uh, and then that also, the, the, dueling times you almost have like kind of people stuck in mod or uh, medieval times and then you have modern time going on 
uh, is it's kind of fun jumping back and forth where, you know, you go from like, you know, family drama, you know, intrigue and all this stuff. And then you go over to David Hunter in a boardroom that's like making these crazy business moves and stuff like that, which go off the rails very quickly. Um, it's it's cool to see the two uh, going off each other. You have a really cool cast here. Uh, what was your inspiration for this story? It's it's very unique. Yeah. So when I created back in 2000, so this is uh, two decades in the making. So when yeah. I created, I created Sin. So at that time, I was a big image fan. So I wanted mm -hmm. a character to rival Grifter, you know, um, you know, Deadpool. And so I started with Sin in his, um, in in the Sin form with the uniform. Right. Uh, and then I took a step back and I said, why did I call him Sin? That can't be his birth name. Mm -hmm. So then I said, all right. So I came up with his birth. It just came to me, Stardicus. I said, why Stardicus? And it was like very old world. And I said, and why sin? I said, well, he had to do something really bad. And what's worse than doing something against the family, right? And so, um, and that's what I said. So what was that that caused him to risk everything against his family? And then I had, then the father came into play, Lord Vox. I started building, it was building blocks. And I started working yeah. my way back when the story started telling itself. Yeah. Um, as I added every character um, by asking the questions like, well, why is this happening? All right, so what is Lord Vox trying to hide or why is he trying to protect his people that's forced his son to risk everything to, to, to question. And then I said, well, there has to be someone in the middle. And that's where the sister came in, Desira. Right? Yeah. So it's an old world where only men lead, but yet she's the smartest, most strategic and cunning of all of them. Right. And so she's caught in the middle between the two men that she loves and she's trying to prevent an all out war um, and keep them safe. Uh, so she has secrets that, no one knows, right? Um, so that, that's, that's building up. And then I was like, well, what was the mom? And, you know, what's the extent of the family? And all these pieces, layers that you, you yeah. of course, answers to in the next issues. Um, uh, so, and that's how I built it. Uh, it just evolved from that point on. I like that. So it's like going characters out and building the world. And as you're building on it, you're stacking upon Sin himself where he's becoming better, better, better because he has more layers to him. I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, and if you guys, so Sin has very, two very unique, yeah, different forms. You have like Sin, who's like just in his regular clothes, then Sin in the suit, which does look like when you said Deadpool and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's it right there. Okay, almost like a Spawn feel, like a Todd McFarlane kind of world that he should be in. Um, it was very cool. Now, do you see expanding Sin into like maybe his own kind of a superhero story someday? It's a lot of possibilities, um, and. Um, for the, the, the universe and Forbidden, it's, um, I have things in my head like a Sin and Viejo spinoff or, mm -hmm. um, because you'll find out how badass Viejo is. <laughs> yeah, he looks badass. Yeah. <laughs> find out. And so there's a lot of possibility. And then the way this, this arc ends, um, it, I'm hoping it's going to force the reader to, to either create their own story in their head, what happened from this point on, because it leaves mm -hmm. some open-ended questions. And, um, and then it also leaves it a room for me to take it to that second level. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, the success of the first, uh, it, this is going to be a 200 page graphic novel. Wall. So at the end of this, um, uh, we'll, I'll know exactly what I should do next. Yeah. So, you know, you, you built this off from one character building and stacking and everything like that. Was there any other comic book creators or comic books that inspired you into getting into comic books at all? Oh, when it, getting into comic, that's stuff when I was a kid. Um, yeah. My mom introduced me to Archie comics when I was a kid. She used to read the, oh, wow. the digests, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And um, 
And I was a big fan, a big Jim Henson fan. I love anything Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And um, then, and I was, a, I, I collected Star Wars and G.I. Joe, and I never put two and two together. And I was also a big Peanuts fan. I never put two and two together realizing that there's somebody behind the creation of this stuff. Right. So um, it wasn't until I saw, and I'm dating myself, I saw Too Close for Comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the father was a, a cartoonist. He, he did a comic strip called um, Cosmic Cow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, he does that for a living? Yeah. Kid, I was like, that's an option. <laughs> I said, I want to do that. And that's when yeah. I started drawing. And then I picked up my first comic. It was, I was at, it was at a, uh, a candy store. And there was Sergeant Rock and G.I. Joe. And I was a big G.I. Joe and military fan. And so I picked mm-hmm. up both. And I was like, oh, I said, I couldn't do this. And, uh, and it wasn't until my stepfather told me, you'll never amount to a true artist because all you do is copy everything you see. And so, Ooh. you know, I went out, you know, I pouted for a little bit and then started, <laughs> I'm going to prove him wrong. You know, I yeah. was always a stubborn kid. I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I started forcing my imagination and I started creating and I started with a character called Cosmic Gorf. Mm-hmm. And that was actually my first comic book I released in 2005. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was <laughs> determination that forced this world to exist. <laughs> you were going to make it happen. I started with Cosmic Wars. It was under my banner, Crazy Comics. And, um, and then Forbidden. And Forbidden, so I, I'm smart enough to know that I wasn't the right guy to draw Forbidden. Mm-hmm. Right? So I created it. I, I, I started drawing out the pages and I just wasn't satisfied with my style. I didn't, I didn't think I complimented the story. I thought I was hurting it more. So I said, so I put it away. So when I wrote the story, I wrote the entire universe and I wrote all the character profiles and I designed the character looks and I put it in a big loose leaf binder and I put it away. I said, one day I'm going to run into that right person. And I was at a Star Wars convention to promote Cosmic Wars, thinking that, hey, you know, Star Wars, Cosmic Wars, yeah, I can do well. Nah, yeah. you know, everybody wants the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I bet. So I was like, uh, I was like uh, at a prom waiting for someone to ask me to dance. <laughs> You're the wallflower on the side. <laughs> yes. And it was two things happened that, um, uh, that really helped us. One was we were uh, filmed for a documentary called Inkswell. So that mm-hmm. was good. And then the second one, we met Anibal Arroyo, who's the artist in Forbidden. And he, he was on military leave um, and he was an EMT in the military and he was thrown around his portfolio and he came to us. And um, I knew when I saw his style, I was like, oh, there he is. This is the guy I've been looking for. And so I gave him the Bible. I said, here it is. And I, gave him, <laughs> I gave him all the 11 by 17 Bristol boards. I said, here's all the paper. You don't have to worry about that. I said, can you do this? And he was like, oh, absolutely. And his thumbnails were just fantastic. And, you know, he did the first two issues. And, and you have another artist involved too. Who is that? Yes. So what happened was, um, you know, I was in comics from 05 to 08. And then I left comics and podcasting mm-hmm. for a long time, for 10 years. And so everything just set, you know, in the, in the closet. And then um, when I decided to come back in 2018, I pulled the script out and I wrote the rest. Because at that time, I only wrote the first two issues. So I wrote mm-hmm. the rest of the, the scripts. And I write scripts the DC way, you know, panel one, panel two, oh, caption, yeah. dialogue, um, detailed action scenes. And so um, I reached out to Anibal and said, hey, do you want to do this? But he was already committed to school and work and family. So he didn't have the time and he had a project he was doing. So he didn't have the time. So I went on DeviantArt and I said, hey, this is my budget. This is how many pages. This is this, whatever. This is what I can offer. And um after about 48 portfolio, you know, I went through, I found Primate Santra 
and um he came on and he did the pencil and inks and uh he it's a, he did 120 pages in one year um oh, wow. and uh then and i and that was out of pocket i paid funded and then um when i decided to do crowdfunding that's how i paid for the colorist mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's i love crowdfunding and we're, we're finding it more and more is just a way to get indies out there and, and expose you know some new ideas um I like that they're going to DeviantArt for, I never really thought about that, where that's a really good source for comic book, for creators that just want to create. So that's perfect. The key to DeviantArt communities is lock it. So what I do is when I go put a post, it says seeking artists and, and I'll put the details and then you lock it because then you get some, you know, sometimes you get the, 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 the naysayers that want to rip into your, your, your whatever. Oh, that's not enough. Well, that's not this. Yeah. That's that. So I just said, this is it's black and white. Here it is. And this is what I can offer. And, you know, 48 people responded. I said, if you're interested, you know, you know, just, you know, DM me mm-hmm. and then we'll talk. And then with Prime Sancho, we did negotiate the prices. He said, hey, can you come up a little? We, we, we made it in the middle. Um, yeah. And uh, and he did fabulous. He did an amazing job just taking over where Anibal left off. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell that there's a lot of care. And I mean, just these characters feel real, like they feel like pe- people you could imagine. And, and, and they almost feel it's hard to explain. They almost feel like they're picks from different genres too. Like when you look at Viejo, the way he's got like kind of like a, almost like a Clint Eastwood fallen into medieval times. It's just such a cool, you want to know more, you know, it's just so cool. Um, okay. So say somebody wants to start their own comic book. What are those first steps that they want to do? We've, we've heard about other comic book creators kind of like having, finding their own way into this world. What would you say is like the first thing you had to do to get started? The first thing you have to do is finish the project, you know, so, um, you know, create mm-hmm. and finish it. You know, so I think the biggest, the reason why independents get so much slack is they don't finish what they start. Right? Yeah. And uh, so I think what I, you know, hold my head up high for is that this project is completely done. It's mm-hmm. illustrated, it's lettered, and it's colored. Um, actually, the last, actually, no, I just got the email last night. She's finished coloring it. So she said, so the entire thing is done. So all 200 page book is done, but I'm on wow. issue two on, on crowdfunding. So at least... Anybody who's backing my campaigns know that all I'm going to do is once the funding comes in, send it off to printing, um, package it, ship it. You're going to get it on time every wow. time. And yeah. every, I've, done, I've done five campaigns this year and everyone's gotten it earlier um, than the timeline that I've placed because it's done. I'm not waiting for anybody. So I think the biggest thing is um, you have to have a business hat if you want to be an independent. And that's one thing that most independents yep. don't want to do. They don't want to be burdened with that. But you need to have a budget, a timeline, and um, be transparent with the people you're going to work with um, and respect their craft. As an artist, um, the reason why I had such a great relationship with, uh, with Anibal and Prime Sandra is because I re- the reason why they were selected is because I re- respect what they do and they're on the project because of their talent. So I, I wasn't the kind of guy that's going to go and micromanage. I was like, mm-hmm. here's a script. They sent me thumbnails. I was like, beautiful. If there was an angle or that I didn't see in the thumbnails, I said, you know, can you change this direction of this camera line? Other than that, they went and provided a finished product because I trusted them because yeah. I, knew the, I knew the book was in good hands. So you have to be confident in what you've created and trust the team that you decided to work with, that they're going to get, because when someone's happy working on a project and they love it just as much as you, you're going to, they're going to give you the best that they can. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you have to be, you know, good with that. So I think finish it, have a budget, be realistic um, and have a timeline. You have to land on your timeline. 
Yeah. The worst thing you can do is like, well, we need to get this done in the next 90 days. And then now you extend it 120 days. Now you extended it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, oh, well, because of this or because of that. So if you can only create two hours a day, dedicate those two hours a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can only create, you know, just make sure and you make sure that everybody in your family understands that those two hours are dedicated to that. So you have to also have an agreement with the people that you love that's around you. So they right. that, that support as well. Yeah. Well, that, that's excellent advice. Budget and timeline, because we all have those friends that are like, oh, I'm working on a book. We all have those friends. And so, yeah, sure you are. For the next, you know, two, three, four decades, you'll be working on this book. It'll never get done. Um, but yeah, actually having kind of a realistic and that business hat, that was a good saying. Make sure you have that business hat on. That's really good. All right, let's go ahead and go back into Forbidden. Let's discuss this world that we're in uh, and all these wonderful characters. Can you kind of give us, we, you kind of broke down who Sin is, but what is his like motivations? What is he really trying to do here? His motivation is freedom, exploration. Um, you know, all he knows are rocks and darkness, right? You know, they live with, they have torches, right? And yeah. they lived on the ground and that's become the norm. And, you know, one of the things I didn't mention was Arius, right? So where did Sin get these ideas from? You know, if you're happy and that's all you know, there has to come from an outside influence. And here comes Arius, the, the woman that he loves, who's saying, who, who plants these seeds. And mm -hmm. that's where the internal conflict comes into play. You know, I love her. She brought up a valid point. I love my family. This is what I know. You know, so he's at a crossroads. So he makes a decision that there's no turning back from. And um, so his whole purpose was, to challenge this, this, this foolish notion that, you know, that this, this curse still exists. How can it exist? We've been here generation after generation after generation. The curse can't have lasted that long. Yeah. You know? And so, um, because he didn't experience the curse. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he wasn't the one, he just happens to be a descendant of those who were cursed. Yeah. So he, he's like, nah, something's wrong with this. And it's, it's that child that thinks they know better. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so, and then you only learn where now it's too it's too late. You've already mm -hmm. turned the clock, you know, and now it's too late. You can't turn back the hand of time. So now you have to deal with the consequences of your actions. So I think what happens is he gets out there. He's alone. He's with a strange man. His, his love is gone. He's being attacked. Who are these people? What are the strange weaponry that they're using? Mm -hmm. Right. And all these things are coming through his head and he has no time to really process it all. He just has to react. And I think his purpose, you know, is now survival. Yeah. Arius, you bring up a really good point. Now, she comes up with this idea. Is she, okay, is anybody from outside coming in? Because it seems like this enclosed place, and no spoilers, right? Okay, so I kind of have a feeling like there's something with Arius. She's kind of got this air of mystery around her. Is that what we could expect? Yes, there's a layer of mystery there. Um, you'll, you'll get introduced to new characters in, the, in this issue, mm -hmm. and you'll start trying to piece together who the players are in this yes. book, Donovan Limbo. Donovan, you know, in the in the uh, preview on it on, on the campaign, you see this Donovan Limbo. He goes up to the uh, the uh, the CEO of, or the lawyer of this company, and he basically his ear goes right through his head. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, that, I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll learn about Donovan Limbo, Limbo, and who he is to to David Hunter, and who he is to the Dark Forces. You know, mm -hmm. so you're going to learn about, so you're going to see, see, get some re big reveals, but also more questions. Yeah. Uh, I like how the CEO people, like, they're still like demons and whatnot, but they have like, now they have like business names, like Donovan Limbo and 
David Hunter. And it's just like, they're amongst us. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Uh, okay, so we also have Lord Vox, who I'm interested in him because he's kind of, we have, we're following uh, Desira, we're following, we have, uh, you know, Sin and everything like that. And he's still saying at home, will we further his story as well as kind of like trying to balance the kingdom that's now in shambles? Yes, yes. He's forced into position because he actually knows what Sin has just done. Um, yeah. And so he's forced into, and that's what Desiree's trying to pre prevent. She's, mm -hmm. pro she's trying to prevent um, the exposure of her people um, because they're dealing with something bigger than, than Sin's aware of. And mm -hmm. um, Deseret is aware of this. So is Lord Vox. And so um, he will stop at nothing to protect his people. Um, and so you'll see that in the coming stories as well. Okay. Okay. So we're going to further explore that. Uh, I love that. Um, okay. So we are in, this is chapter two. How far into the grand scheme of things, the 200 pages are we? To kind of give people an idea of how far in or how much more story has come. Oh, uh, this one sets the stage for the next one. Um, so this issue two, number one, you'll get you'll 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 learn about um Viejo's past. You'll know exactly who he is to the story. Mm -hmm. And you'll learn about Des Desiree's motivations. Um and you'll also learn more about David Hunter and Donovan Limbo in this story. Uh, there are some key characters that are being introduced in the next issue. Uh, um, there's a lot of characters in this world. Yeah. And um, so there's some key characters going to be, you, you, you know, I don't want to give it away because I, I know exactly what happens, but you're going to be surprised by some of the new introductions that mm -hmm. come in and how it all plays in, 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 in the scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, you have so many, I keep thinking like, man, that could be a spinoff. All the Viejo, like, Everything could be a spinoff, and I would love to learn more about each character individually, so that'd be really cool. Uh, really cool world built up. Everybody's going to want to come and visit it. How, uh, how, what, can you explain to us the Kickstarter campaign and the tiers that they can get in on? Yeah, so basically on this campaign, um, you can get the digital copies, all three mm -hmm. issues. If you miss issue zero and issue one, um, you can get all three copies on a digital tier. I think for 15 bucks and, um, and, uh, you can get actually it collected into volume one, which is the first volume in the, in the series. And if you don't want a floppy, you can get all three collected into one book that you can put nicely on your shelf and, uh, and pull out whenever you want. Um, and so you have the backup, right? And if you're international, you can get the digital copies. The only, mm -hmm. uh, on the other place I ship to is Canada. Um, outside of that, everything else is just too complicated. And I haven't gotten that far yet, uh, yeah. but right now, so Canada, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Um, and the good thing about this camp, my campaigns, is the price that you see is the price that it is. You're not going to the next screen to add shipping. Mm, so that's nice. the price. So whatever it is there, you're not going unless you're in Canada. Canada's a little different because the, the prices vary and the, you know, the, the money exchange changes all the time. So yeah. um, I can never get it right. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I add that in there because the last campaign, I, I think... Uh, um, I lost out because um, the prices went up. And yeah. so, yeah, I was like, this is, I'm, I'm shipping more than what it was pledged for, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, so yeah, so you have those tiers, you have the, you have, uh, there's a variant cover that was done by an artist named John Coates. He did a fantastic job. And that character in the center, his name is Monetus. And you'll find out about Monetus in this issue. And I'm not going to tell you any more about that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so he did a beautifully, uh, beautiful job. That on Kickstarter was a first day bundle that's no longer available, but on Indiegogo, it's a featured bundle. So it's a very, it, that same bundle is available throughout the whole campaign. And that's the only 
um, tier that you can get the book with the print and the sticker um, uh, together. Okay. Uh, so you, if you if you wanted that specific one, you can get it on Indiegogo. Um, then there's the so on Kickstarter we have an exclusive cover that was done by Anibal Royal, and on Indiegogo there's an exclusive cover done by Prime Sandra. Oh, the only cool. way that yeah, the only, you can get those covers on add-ons. Mm -hmm. Like if you wanted that, if you don't want to move to Indiegogo, but you wanted that Indiegogo cover, you can get it on the checkout and an ad, as an add-on. Um, or if you wanted to collect all the covers, because there's 12 covers from the three issues, if you wanted all 12 covers, there's a there's a bundle for that uh, for all 12 covers. I believe that one was like 95 dollars. Um, so you can get the volume, and then there's an homage cover to Kingdom Come. Um, uh, Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. Yeah, it was done by me. That um, comes with a, it comes signed and numbered and with a certificate of authenticity oh, um, cool. that you get. Um, and then I have retail bundles as well. So we have tiers for retailers. And then we also have original art um, that's available from uh, the covers, actual covers from the book and a couple of interior pages. I will say the, the bundle I suggest you guys check out is the $45 bundle. Uh, you get Forbidden Volume 1, the graphic novel. And it's got the, I love the cover of, of Lord Vox sitting on his throne, kind of, he's got one, one arm up in, you know, his face, it's just kind of like contemplating what to do next and everything like that. It's what really, I mean, it really makes you wonder like, okay, I'm, I'm excited about that kingdom that's been hidden away for so long. Um, and it comes with the bookmarks and stickers and cards and everything like that. So it's really got everything you could want. Really good way to catch up. So check that out guys. That's the $45 bundle. I would check that one out. Uh, before we head out, what's, what's your podcast about? Let's plug the podcast too while we're here. Okay, so Cast the Craze I created back in 2005, mm -hmm. time when podcasting was not a big thing. Yeah, pretty new. <laughs> yeah, so I went to a pod camp at the New Yorker Hotel, mm -hmm. and they were and mostly it was like cooks that were doing podcasts and whatever. And so when I, I decided to podcast, and I was one of three, it was us, iFanboy, and, and Comic Geek Speak. And, um, and so I wanted a, a platform to promote guys like me, the, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the little guy who didn't have the marketing cap budget or anything like that. So, right. um, and that's how it started. And, and it took off. I mean, we've had mainstream artists. We've had Neil Adams on. We have, um, you know, Michael Levon Oming. We've had, uh, you know, uh, uh, David Mack. We've had so many people on the show. We've also had like the um, Sean Thomas of Boondocks. Um, we've had so many people. And it took, and I didn't understand because it was all audio, right? Mm -hmm. It was all audio. And I'm seeing 90,000 downloads. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, what is this? And yeah. So we did. So we're like, oh, it's popular, right? And so, <laughs> but so I walked away for ten years, mm -hmm. and from everything, never realizing what I left behind. And, yeah. Uh, um, but family takes over, and you know the real world takes over. So when I decided to come back in 2019, we relaunched Catch the Craze, and, and we didn't miss a beat. Um, all of a sudden, we've had a lineup of guests, and just because we announced it, and thank you to Mark Torres of it came from the radio because when I made my announcement, I was coming back into comics. He immediately invited me on his show. He's like, Excellent. you know, we've always wondered what happened to you, um, you know, because at that time I had a book called There's Nailing on My Toilet and you'll see, him, you know, duty behind me on the, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I was featured on national news, local news, the papers, radios, um, and, uh, and so it was really taken off. And, and then I just vanished and everyone's like, and I didn't even tell anybody, but yeah. so Cast the Create podcast, we interview independent creators in art. Whether it's comics, movies, you know, film, cosplay, whatever it is that you do, to, and and you're doing it on your own terms, um, yeah, as an independent, um, that's that's who we talk to, and we we just did a 340th show, 
That's perfect. That's cool. That's what that's what this this particular because we have multiple shows and this one in particular is a trend. Like, let's just do indies. I love that because you obviously there's passion behind it. And that's what people care about is the passion. Uh, sure, there's big companies out there just printing papers and like, oh, yeah, let's do the formula. Well, now we're done with formulas. Let's let's see what's actually new out there. Love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on, Samuel. I really appreciate it. Um, and then uh, we'll have all the links in the description, your social media as well, your Instagram, your, your Twitter, and of course, Kickstarter. And if I can get the Indiegogo, we'll get that in there too so people can catch them all <laughs> and get out there. Uh, thank you again. And everybody listening, we will see you guys next week. All right. Bye.